23. Thought this was going to be the new year, new me, and I'm dying. Um, what do you mean? From the inside out. So, I, I, I have a... I got. I, I told you this a little bit. I got really sick. You, you, you did tell me. I'm I just... got, I got the flu New Year's Eve, like, like that, like o- over that time period, and then right after the flu, I started having this belly and chest issue, and it, it got to the point where I felt like I was having a heart attack. But I guess because I've never had a heart attack, I don't know that a heart attack probably hurts way worse than what I actually had. And a lot of people think what people think is a heart attack ends up being a panic attack. Yes. And but that's not what happened. No, so I have this thing. It's called gastroesophageal reflux disease. And I already know that you don't like saying the shortened version, the anagram, which is GERD. You have GERD, Ray. I don't like that. You have, it sounds like a fungus more than. You know what they should do? If you had a little bit of GERD, it should be called the girdle. I GERD. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think I have just a girdle. I think no, I have, I think I have a girdle. You have Max Gerd. Max Gerd. Max Gerd <laughs> should be my video game name. Yeah. Uh, Max Gerd twenty six thirty one. Dude, but I was I was uh, really uh, really scared there for a second. And healthcare in New York City, not great. Well, when you don't have any, I feel the same way. Well, I have that, like, medication. Oh, you do? Okay. So, yeah. dude, I literally go there. This is crazy. I go to the emergency room at the request of my girlfriend, by the way. I would have just laid there in pain for the next, like, three weeks, four weeks. But she was like, hey, if you're really feeling that bad, go. Considering, Considering that my dad just died for the same reason of not going to the hospital. But it just, it's a dude thing. Fathers and sons, right? <laughs> Fathers and sons. In the cats in, in the, the cradle, cradle in the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. Girdle boy blue and the man on the moon. <laughs> but dude, so we go to this ER at like 11.30. I end up not getting out of there till 5 a.m. Yeah, that's emergency rooms. So. It's crazy. Yeah. But their emergency room... I'm like waiting in the waiting room. They finally call us back to go to the, like, into the actual real hospital part. And it looked like in a movie when there is a terrorist attack and they blew up a building. And there's just, there were just people on beds and in wheelchairs all throughout the hallways because they didn't have enough room for them in the rooms. People just like laying there in agony. And I was like, oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> but they literally, they. Seventh layer of hell. They sat me in a chair and like in the middle of the hallway, everybody can see, walking past and just like took my blood, gave me medicine and all this shit. While you were sitting in the waiting room? I was like literally next to a lady that was getting a vertigo test. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she doesn't have it. Oh, thank God. I was worried about her for a while. Not that I'm violating HIPAA, but. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Um, here's the thing. That's the most surprising part of that story is they did it in the waiting room. I thought you you wait a while and they take you into the cornered off area, like, you know, with the curtain and everything, and they would do it there. No, it's like there's a door between the waiting room and then, like, all the hallways of the, the emergency room, hospital rooms, and it was just anarchy back there. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It reminds me of a joke uh, Joe DeVito, super funny comedian, does where he goes... You ever go to Penn Station at 3 in the morning? It looks like a Civil War hospital. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny that I'm like, oh yeah, Penn Station looks like a Civil War hospital. Uh, an actual hospital looks like the seventh yeah. ring of... <laughs> a hospital in Queens. <laughs> a hospital in Queens just looks like a turn-of-the-century 
factory. <laughs> it felt like video, like like walking through there looked like video footage of Katrina. <laughs> just people laying in the in, in the the hallways, like moaning and like just fucking seeing blood, seeing people's blood. Well, I am glad they gave you a little bit of treatment, did they not? Well, here's the thing that I was going to tell you is the people pleaser moment of this. Is they you had one in the hospital. In the fucking hospital. Here's how bad I am. This is how bad it's gotten. Is they gave me like these three types of like medicine drinks that were supposed to help. They did not help. I had to get talked down from my girlfriend who, stood, who waited with me the whole time, which is great of her. But I had to get I had to get talked down after getting this medicine in the hospital from lying and saying it helped. Because I felt bad. That they couldn't help me. I, I wanted so bad. Like, I kept going, like, feeling a little bit better. <laughs> and my girls hit me on the shoulder. And she's like, no, you're not. You said you weren't. I was like, oh, this guy's working his ass off. It's three in the morning. You're like, Natalie, let me just die in peace. <laughs> let me die knowing I made somebody's day brighter. <laughs> I want this guy to think he's saving me. This is his dream. You're like, you're like, you're almost passing out. You're like, you're really good at your job, man. You're really good at your job. It would be like somebody heckling at a comedy show. I don't want to heckle this guy. <laughs> Dude, I completely would have done the same thing. I'd be like, oh, maybe. Because you're like, you almost, you almost like uh, second guess your opinion. You're going yeah. like, well, it's, isn't this like really strong drink that's supposed to help me out? What's wrong with me if it doesn't work? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. I'm insecure about the <laughs> How am I messed up? Wait, is this supposed to work on everybody? <laughs> Working on me? I don't be left out of the GERD pack. <laughs> Give me some more of that. <laughs> um, I'm, thank God she was there. Yeah, for sure. You were basically like an elderly parent because you ever hear those stories about like when you're elderly over the age of like 65, you're supposed to bring somebody to a doctor's appointment with you to ask questions? Yeah. You kind of had that moment by heart being like, no, tell them you still hurt. Tell them they're still in pain. And you're like, it's okay. Let me go back to my stories. Let me go back to my house to watch my Matlock starts in a half hour. Uh, but then you, they give you more stuff. That was, they give uh, me some stuff. It's been helping a little bit, dude. But it fucking hurts, man. Still. And, and, and it's like, it's like if, if I heard somebody two months ago complaining about how bad their acid reflex, reflux hurts, I would call them a bitch. I'd be like, it's fucking acid reflux. No, it's, it's bad. Terrible. It's like, it's it's a little more serious than I thought it was. Yeah. That being said, hey, do you want to come to my pizza and coffee party tomorrow? I know, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm having a big blowout. It's pizza, coffee, um, Red Hots candy, uh-huh. and... <laughs> it's surprising. <and> peppers. <laughs> it's, it's a weird party, but I want to... Fuck you, man. Want to be the guest of honor at my, at my acidic foods party? I want pizza so bad. I'm sure. It is insane how... Um, other things have happened since, like, so, I mean, I'm, like, a, 10 days, no booze, I'm 10 days, no pizza, wings, and all this stuff, and they always say, like, once you get through a couple days, you don't miss it, and you do. Of course you do. That's all I think about. They say, what does it take? Uh, it takes seven weeks for the habits to break, so booze is a habit, pizza is a habit, all that's a habit. It's, it, it, yeah. But it's a, it's a thing where I realize that I don't care to eat if I can't eat stuff that I really want in life. I'm the same exact way. Like, I've been having to force myself to eat when I'm, like, not really hungry because I'm like, oh, dude, you haven't eaten all day. 
You gotta jam this fucking brown rice and stupid ass grilled chicken down your throat. Hey, have a banana, dickhead. No, dude. I wanna. I. Do you know what my favorite foods are? Um, dips. I love dips. I love dipping stuff into stuff. Oh god. And I love I love wings. You mean dips like chip dip? Like, yeah, like dips, like stuff where I can just dip. Yeah. And like like buffalo chicken. Could, dip. Can you do hummus, or is that that doesn't work for it? My, you know what my favorite kind of hummus is? Spicy hummus. <laughs> I don't regular ass hummus. I hope I have GERD as well. I haven't gotten this where I had to go to the hospital for it, but I've had it where I woke up and I couldn't breathe. Oh really? Yeah, I think it's like mix. It's a mix of um of uh what's the what's the called the um you sleep in sleep apnea sleep apnea and uh, and GERD and it messes with me. And if I eat too fast, it gets the food gets stuck in my throat and I have to like wait. And I have to like breathe heavy to get it down. It's like I probably have a bad. I probably should go to the doctor. You should, dude. Yeah, they can like kill you. Well, the, the another thing is is that I found out is really bad is going to sleep or laying down after you eat. Yes, horrendous. Well, you know what helped me, dude? And I'm not saying I noticed a huge difference in in my indigestion going down because like I've gotten better. First, it was I when I you know I stopped beer a while ago. Yeah. Besides that, well, when was the last time you've had a beer? I had one. Even though it's been, I've had one in the past two years, but it was like half a beer, and it was probably seven months ago. Okay. But so it's not like it's cold turkey for two years, but it was one where like people were there's nothing else, people were having one, and I was like, all right, I'll just have I, I can have one, and it was fine. I had like I didn't even finish it. Yeah. But if I'm drinking a lot of beer, oh my GERD goes crazy, and, and then also I was a big soda guy, right? Yeah. So, but I will say this: I think the biggest thing that helped me, and don't get me wrong, it's not gone. Like I said, I'll have. The food I eat, I still eat fried food, and that's part of it. So and fried food's so good, and I think that's what adds to it. But the way it got better was, I eat. I'm done eating by eight o'clock, and I don't go, like. I I we had a big dinner. I was just in Vegas, and me and my girlfriend went to a big dinner, and we ate past like it was like nine nine thirty, and I woke up with hardcore indigestion. And then I had another time I ate between shows, and it was around nine nine thirty. I had Chinese food, and I was sick the entire next day. So. When I stopped eating, and I try to do it before even seven, I, it gave my body enough time to like digest the food, and I must have like a slow metabolism. I don't know what it is, and it made me feel a thousand times better. And it's hard to, it, that's hard to get used to, like not eating after a certain yeah. time. But I felt so good from it, I kept going. Fucking getting old, man. Yeah, yeah. it sucks ass. It sucks. Well, and, and it sucks that all of my ailments that I have, and maybe you can attest to this as well, aren't. From anything cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I'm pretty sure I got oh. this GERD shit because I've oh, eaten... you don't have a skateboarding scar? Yes. <laughs> you have one? No, I don't have a skateboard. I'm pretty sure I, I got... wasn't very good at skateboarding. Oh, I thought you were. Kind of good. I was very basic. Could you ollie? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I thought if, if you, like, like, my thing is, is I'm pretty sure that I have GERD because I've eaten one too many fucking mozzarella sticks. I had a knee injury and that was just because I started running in my 30s. Because I'd never really run before, and it just broke down my knee. And then the other thing, when I had that fucking burn on my back, it wasn't because I'm a firefighter. It's because I'm <laughs> fucking too big for my bathroom. And they have this hot holes in playing, playing New York real estate and yeah. <laughs> being a big kid. The, I had uh, uh, I have arthritis in my knees. That's not a cool injury. I have old man injuries. Arthr- but it's not from, like, being an athlete. Um, no, it's from being too heavy. It's from being fat. And it's probably... Somewhat, I skateboarded for five years in my early twenties, uh, late teens, early twenties. That must have contributed somehow to it. 
I'm gonna lose so much weight, dude. And then the, I gotta lose so much weight. I'm just losing. So, I'm gonna lose so much weight this year. You should, dude. I'm telling you, man. Do the intermittent. It, you'll. It, it takes a little while to get it going and to get used to it, but it's better than a diet. I and, and you have to do the diet stuff anyway for the GERD at first. So once you see the results from that, because like I once beer and soda was done and like a lot of the stuff you're talking about, you're gonna feel a thousand times better once want it to keep going. It might just make sense to do the eight o'clock thing. You should. Yeah. It'll help the GERD. I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure that's part of it. I'm not trying to pretend I'm a doctor here. My girlfriend thinks I'm a know-it-all, so like, I, I'll say stuff. Are you a know-it-all? She thinks I am. I think I asked you once. Do you think I'm a know-it-all? I probably said no, but you might have said yes. Just for trying to make you feel good. My mind's telling me no, but my body, <laughs> my body is telling me yes. So here's the thing. The other injury that I have, and I ever told this story about how I was really, I was starting, uh, I worked with this insurance company. This is like, at this point, this is almost 20 years ago. It's like 17 years ago. My first day at this insurance company, it was the job that I started, the day job I started when I first started stand-up, when I was doing open mics. I was already doing a little bit, and I picked up this job in the city, moved to Brooklyn with my friends, and it was like, and it was like really good, because it was good money, and I could just go do open mics at night. And <laughs> speaking of Penn Station, I, my friends and I, there was a big fight in Penn Station. My friend Ken was trying. Actually, my friend Ken was trying to break up the fight, but then he got arrested with the other guys. They thought he was part of it, right? Okay. So the, the the Penn Station, and he was the only group of our friends that they grabbed and they brought back to the Penn Station police station thing, whatever. Yeah. So he had a court date, and he was like, "Hey man, can you come down on this day at, at seven or seven thirty or something like that in the morning and be a witness for me and tell them that I, I wasn't the fight. I was trying to break it up." I'm like, "Of course, that's the truth." And it's, I show up to the courthouse, I'm outside, pouring rain outside, getting madder and madder. And this is, this is actually, what, I'm chill, Sean. This is like way more aggravated, like early 27-year-old uh, 20, 20, uh, Sean. 20, and, uh, and I get to the courthouse, I can't, I, this kid's not picking up his phone, I'm knocking on the door trying to get in, nobody's letting me in. I, I couldn't get into this place. I'm like, what the fuck, I'm texting him, I think. It was like T9 text. I'm freaking out. Finally... It's eight something. No, no, I'm sorry. It's even later because I was downtown. Yeah. It's probably eight thirty, and this kid pops his head out and he goes, "Oh, dude, sorry, we don't need you. It's fine. Don't worry about it." And closes the door. And I'm like, "Motherfucker!" And I'm so bad about getting places on time. I don't know if you know. I think you know that about me. I'm. I freak about not getting places on time, and I lost my mind. I. I think I. Yeah, I hopped on the train downtown. Went up to Forty Second Street, Grand Central Station. Walked out. It's pouring rain outside. At this marble right in front of the building that was working. Do you have an umbrella? No, I'm, no. I'm being soaked. Mm. 466 Lexington Avenue, tons of marble right mm. in that area by Vanderbilt. I full on, I'm booking it up to the entrance out of nowhere. I slip. I must have gotten about three feet of air. And I just <laughs> slam on like the lower part of my back on the thing. And some girl, uh, it's one of the kind of thing where you're just sitting there like living in the fall. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm, I'm lying there like, I'm so, I'm furious, the most mad I've ever been in my life. And some woman, some girl, she was probably 20-something, just is above me just looking at me. And I go, <laughs> I go the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, she didn't say, are you okay or anything. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is your problem? And I got up and I had back pain for about a, back pain for about a month or two. And then when I started gaining weight after that point... Whatever, whatever I hit, whatever injury I got, my weight was going on it. Like, if I'm a certain weight, I can feel it. I have like, this crazy. It's almost like a disc thing or something. Did she, did she respond when you said what the fuck she you She kept walking. She, she was probably four. No, she wasn't. Really? White boy. 
Like Brad. The first Karen. I call her, like, you know, the original vampire, yeah. Nosferatu? She was a Nosferatu of Karen. Karen won. Karen won. You should, you should have fucking killed her right then and there. I <laughs> just sticked her in the heart. Stopped the whole lineage <laughs> of Karen. I'm like, in 20 years, your, your kind will be all over the, the world. Yeah, like, she didn't even reach her hand out or nothing. Oh, what a bitch. She was the worst. Did you go to work? Did you still go to work? Yeah, I went, I went out to go for the first day at work. And oh, that's, it was the first day? That's why he was so crazy. <laughs> Dude, I'm the guy I used to show up to the airport <coughs> three hours early. Like, I'm, I'm I still like, do. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't do that now. I've gotten better with it. It's been like years and years of therapy, but like, it's. I, I was with time stuff. I was like, I, I thought I was. I thought I was gonna get in trouble or something. I know where it stems from. It stems from. There's a couple of moments when I was younger that it stems from. I. I, I what, what moment? You want me to tell you? Yeah. I one I, time thought I. I was on. Well, I don't want to brag. Speaking of being cool. Uh, in fifth grade, I was on the AV squad. That's audiovisual for short. No, and no, no, no. Uh, cool. I'm sorry. I was the, the coolest guys were always in there. They were. That's it. Always went AV squad, <laughs> then like star football player. It's exactly yeah. it. That's what we told. We we told each other that. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm in class. If you're on the AV squad, you're in charge of the TVs and the and the the, 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 the AV VCR squad. AV squad. Uh, <laughs> Some people on on the V on V varsity. We're on the AV. Uh, anyway, oh, cool. so yeah, it, it was cool. And uh, so you're in charge of, like the TVs and the VCRs. So you'd like bring you pick them up. It was, it was a very big honor. Yeah. And you you pick them up and drop them off. And in this one class, I think it was Mr. Pompas's class, we were watching a movie, and I was in charge of the the AV stuff for sure. And uh, what ended up happening was it went right up to the bell. And the buses come right away. Ooh. And you could, from this classroom, you could see outside to where the bus circle was. So that just made it even worse. And I, he's like, Sean, you got to bring it back to the uh, to the AV room or whatever. And I was like, I, I, my bus. And he was like, go ahead, come on, let's go. And I'm like, I, and I'm freaking, I'm basically, I started crying. I started like bawling crying. Because I thought I was going to miss my bus. That's, I was freaking out. I remember like tying up the cord on the, you know the plastic things in the front of the of the of the, the TV tray thing, like freak. And he's like, and the teacher was like, "It's okay. You won't miss your bus. Don't worry about it. Stop it. Don't worry." And I'm like, "You still?" I'm like losing my <laughs> mind. And I rushed it back to thing, threw it in the closet, and then like booked it to my bus. Making a bus. Yeah. Did you? I had plenty of time. Did you crying ruin the rest of your reputation with the other virgins in the AV squad? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the reverse. The other guys. I became the leader. <laughs> This guy's in touch with his emotions. He's not afraid to cry. <laughs> he's, he's not afraid to cry in it's front like, of other men. Crying in front of the men of the AV squad is like the guy who pulls the, the, the sword out of the stone. Yeah. It's, like, it's like lifting Thor's hammer. <laughs> AV squad is so funny. It's awesome is what it is. I'm, I'm kind of... I'm kind of weird about it. Like, I, like I'm going to arrive at the airport three hours early. I, I am. Yeah, I, I get the mindset. I just don't do it anymore because I. It started for me traveling. As I started traveling more for comedy, I realized. Oh, I'm. Um, and also going to therapy, I realized yeah. I don't have to do it. Do you have any examples of this? Because this is what it made me think of when you talk about falling. Is I went to, um, I went to work at this temp job. Um, it was uh, it was at a law firm. And I really liked the job. It was actually a pretty cool job in Manhattan. I, I think it's actually kind of by where you were explaining to, like like by Lexington and like Vanderbilt, like that area. Oh yeah. 
it's kind of near that, the law firm. Like, like 44th Street. Yeah. And Lex, yeah. So I am going to work one day. I walk through this park to get to the train, and it's pretty, like, it's, it snowed, like, the day or two before, so it was pretty icy. And I fucking hit this patch on the park, and, like, legs go completely out from under me, almost over my head, kind of like what you were saying. That's what it was. Like a fucking cartoon character, <laughs> right on my back. Like you expected to go, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a one, dude. Yeah. I was, I like fell back in slow motion. I hit the ground. Nobody sees me. It's completely empty in the park. Like the wind's knocked out of me, and like my bottom of my pants are like wet from the snow, and my arms wet from the snow, and I just stood up, dusted myself off, turned around, emailed the fucking lady and said that I couldn't make it and went home. Did you really? I had never done that. Like, but have you ever just had something that like happened like that and you just went, yeah, I think I'm just going to call it a day. Um, yeah, that would have been an example. That's all I had. I should have just you done that. You should have called it a day. I love the fact that you did that. Um, I, I didn't have any choice. I was like hurting. I was embarrassed. Like it took like, I got like ready. I was in dress clothes. So what would have ha- had to happen is I would either had to go sit there with wet clothes all day at, at this fucking law firm, or I was gonna have to go home, go there late, change, put on different dress clothes. As a temp job, it's like okay, yeah, I can't do it. But did you did you quit the job or you just no? I was the back there day? the next day, and they were cool. They were. Like, I just I just I just sent like a you know my stomach's really hurting and yeah, I um. I had a day where I had a temp job with a job itself, and I was like sick to my I actually was sick to my stomach at the job. Yeah. And I said, "What would I, I just couldn't stand the job?" I was at Lucky Magazine, which was like a, a girl's like fashion yeah, magazine from like it. the two thousands. And I had a temp job there. That's like a big magazine. It was big. Yeah. yeah, it was really big. And it, it's so funny because uh, the owner like is friends with my girlfriend. Like you know, they work in the same business. No big deal. Yeah. You know, I don't want to name drop here, but. Uh, but she's like very influential in the fashion community and but I didn't meet her I was a temp and I was in like the yeah. department but the department I was in was like well they would do photo shoots and it was like they would have all these designers Marc Jacobs you know um, uh, probably uh, uh, Versace all this stuff and they would send them the clothes for the photo shoots and they had to send them back and literally you'd think there'd be some like official person who picks it up for the company but it was just you dropped it like some of them were so skimpy and so like light women's clothes that you just drop in the FedEx envelope and put the address on and then send it to the designer. That's all they did to send them back Yeah. for some of these shoots, right? Uh, and so they were like, okay, you have to send these outfits back to these designers. But they just gave me the names of the designers. And I remember being like, two things happened. I go, what are the addresses? And then they're like, Ugh. all right. And they just give me a book. And then they finally, I asked three people to give me a book of the addresses. And then I was like, well, I every, I'm like, look at me. I'm like, you know yeah. me. I'm like, who's this? <laughs> I go, there's no tag on it that says yeah. the name. You're supposed to know by the look of the outfit. So you're a temp. I'm a temp. Also, I'm a, I'm a guy who looks like this. <laughs> so um, I was like, who is it? And they got they getting more and more increasingly annoyed by me. And then I, at one point, I really did have to go take a huge poop in the bathroom, which I really did. Yeah. And it was it was pretty legendary. And then I got out of there. I'm like, hey, I don't feel so good. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take off. And that was it. I didn't have to go back there ever again. It was like a two-day thing, and they just didn't have me back. And I was so excited. Oh, dude, shits can end your day. They can end your day. Yeah, yeah it does happen. When I, when I was younger, if I I, I was I was never a big uh, morning bathroom guy. 
And if I if I had to go in the morning, I would tell my mom I was sick and not go to school. <laughs> I get that. I think I was kind of the same way. I was always an after. I wasn't the type. I could poop at school. Some people just would hold it in all day and then go home. And I would go to the nurse's office. When you had to poop? Yeah. And she would let you? Yeah. She was cool. I probably, I wonder if I did the same thing because I would go there every day to get Ritalin and then Dexedrine for ADD. Mm. So she probably would let me. The nurse was always one of my friend's moms. So I would just go in there and I'd be like, hey, I'm not feeling so well. And she always just knew the deal. Yeah. I don't want to go in the public. The public bathroom is cool. Have, not to mention in. if you're a shitter. In third grade, everybody finds out that you took a shit. In yeah, school. it's like oh, good night, loser. If I had to, I'll go to school a lot. I remember when I was around those grades, third grade, all that. For some reason, it was always after I got home after school, I would just yeah. But you never did in school. No, no, I would if I had oh, really? to. But I just remember a lot of it being after. Well, school. if people catch you shitting something gross in grade school or junior high, there are no amount of. AV squad credentials that can get you out of that mess. <laughs> there are no amount of AV squad credentials no. that can make you cool enough to no street combat credit. the being the stinky kid. Yeah, I I, I know it's it's bad. It's tough. It's not it's not like poop can do can ruin the greatest of reputations. We've had a lot of we had a lot of uh, belly and butt talk today. We have. Let's let's go do a little comedy. Uh, yeah, we can I was just hey man, I just did twenty eight shows in fourteen days. That's crazy. Yeah, but it was kind of cool because the I went to the Laugh Factory and the Booker double booked. Oh yeah, the double booked uh, the opener slot. So I did fifteen minutes of show, nice. and they were really good crowds. I went up with the sweet spot of the show. It was like the host did eight. This, this guy uh, Brian McKim did ten, and then I did fifteen. And then his they were married. The host was this comic named Tracy Skeen, and the feature was Brian McKim, and they were really nice. But at one point. She was like, oh, they double booked us. And then the owner said, I go, if you want, I'll go first. I don't care. I'll go first. Yeah. It'll be done. You know, whatever. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, all right. So I did that. And it was really, uh, it was a good time. But uh, I got to tell you, if you have, um, you go to Vegas for two weeks and you have whiskey every day, a little tiny leprechaun comes out and tells you that we live in a simulation. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know, if you know. It's like, this is all computer simulation. That's the, the that's how you unlock that um that level, he comes out. Oh, we're living a simulation. Oh, yeah, that, mother, that little motherfucker's not wrong. <laughs> you already know. I watch a lot of uh, "We Live in a Simulation" videos on YouTube. Did you really? Yeah, it's. I don't know what I think of it, but it's pretty crazy. Art. You know, there's like uh, this philosopher. I think his name's like Nick Nick Boster or whatever his name is. And he's philosopher. It's a philosophy. It's not yeah. science, obviously. And he says that there's a very good chance that this is a simulation of that another universe created. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. But I, every time I watch these things or read something about it, I feel like the, the dummy who's like, I feel like, I feel like a Joe Rogan fan. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like somebody who's like, oh, we have a podcast. We'll just talk about really small shit. You know what I mean? Like, we'll do like, uh, <laughs> like oh, that's interesting. That's really, I uh, like science and stuff. Well, they need to get somebody that's better at playing the game to play with my fucking character. Because <laughs> it has been that's a mess. That's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. oh, this is the avatar I chose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I get a guy who has like a million followers on Twitch to start playing with my character? Please. Because... Well, that's what they, you know. I feel like a, I feel like a child just got a hold of my <laughs> controller and he's just been button mashing the last thirty three years. I feel like the I feel like the loser of Super Smash. Bros. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm when uh when somebody's not in the room 
uh, they like leave and it's just the character in Halo that's just standing still. Yeah. Everybody keeps killing. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they finally have to just take him out because they're like, oh, this guy's clearly not even in the room. Like, that's me. They go off like assassination style. Just like, shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> murdering. But me. dude, I, it kind of like made me, it really helped me like, you know, you get like so in your head when you perform the city all the time. We, I do, we do a lot of road stuff together. We're doing a show tonight. But I really, by the end of that week, there's so many shows and I think I was in, I don't know if it was in my head about doing Laugh Factory, but I got back and I did two spots in the city last night and I just kind of was really pretty, like, like I'm trying to get rid of like bad habits. I'm sure you're kind of in the write, zone right now. I kind of am, kind of like write more on stage and, uh, and then also not, you know me with all my worries about my own act and, and so I'm like, oh, I just be more self-aware and not take every set. Like, you know, we take every set like, as, as, like, gospel, where it's like, oh, this is defining what my whole thing is. And I'm like, last night, when I got back, is when I felt really good about it. There's just so much recency bias in it, you know, in your in your head. Yes. Like, you're, like I mean, the, the cliche, you're only as good as your last set, is really annoying, and it's overstated. But it's also, but it's like, man, how do you feel true. in your stomach? Yeah, it's like, how do you feel in your gut? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. But, dude, and one of the what, reason I brought it up is because, you know, we have a story about our friend, Sean Murphy. Yes. And then our friend Arielle was on stage and she had that famous beer thrown at her. And she, that really made me think about how <laughs> my reactions to stuff and how I approach things. Because she, cool, calm, collected. The guy threw the beer at her because she was, she didn't even make a Trump joke. She just said, no. I didn't, she didn't even say I didn't vote for Trump. She counteracted a, I could tell you voted for Biden thing. Yeah, with a joke. Because of your jokes. And then she said, I, well, I could tell you voted for Trump because you keep interrupting me. <laughs> Right, so that's a joke about Trump, kind of. Like it's a joke about the woman, and then some woman, somebody at that woman's table throws the beer at her. She picks the thing up; it was unopened, op- cracks it open, and drinks it. It's that's the perfect thing to do in yeah. that situation, right? And then Sean, our friend Sean Murphy, had a woman in mid mid set, third joke in, some woman in the front, totally just completely stands up, and then says, hands him, hands him her phone, and says, "Can you take a picture of me and my friends?" and he has his moment with her, whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm like, so last night, these two young girls, I'm, I'm doing a set at New York Comedy Club, and it's going like not great. And I kind of started riffing about how I'm like, hey guys, you better step, they pay us by the laugh, so you better start stepping it yeah. up. Like goofy shit. Like, and I go, and then I was like, I'm making right now about 36 cents, really, just, you know. And then uh, these, two, uh, these two girls in the back were full on having a conversation for four minutes straight. And I, my new thing, not my new thing, but the thing I'm trying to do is, not, I don't want to just go to talking to them. I want to ignore it as for as long yeah. as I can. And I don't want to make it about them at all. That's my thing, because I do it too much and I rely on it as a crutch in my eyes, in my act, you know what I mean? And, but it got to the point that I was like, okay, because the audience was like kind of chill. They were like actually having a good time, yeah. but it was just not cracking up, it wasn't a kill. And I was like, all right, girl, what, what is it, guys? I'm like, I'm talking, like I'm talking. I feel like a substitute teacher. I'm talking over here. I'm talking here. over here. And the one girl, instead of her going, oh, so sorry, sorry, we'll pay attention. She goes, we're dealing, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, um, repair a breakup over here. And I'm like, you're trying to repair. Like, she's like, after four years, we broke up. I'm trying to repair a breakup. And I was like, are you out of your, are you, are you out of your mind? And I start going, nah. I go, are you kidding me? Are you realize now? And I made, a, I tried to make, instead of me just yelling at them, yeah. which I kind of did because I'm a goofy person anyway. But I said about I just said, I go, don't you realize? If, the, if a breakup happens during the show, I have to pay the club money. Like, I'm trying to call back yeah. to the first thing. Just to be, like, goofy about it. So I spent a, a couple minutes being, like, 
why would you think this is the, the place to do this? And, and the whole crowd was like totally on board yeah. and like clapping. But I tried, basically what I'm trying to say is I tried not to get where I just, well, you've seen me, where I just go into bug out mode and I freak yeah. out on somebody. And it's it's half getting half serious. Well, can I, this, this leads me to a question I want to ask you then. Is how do you think an audience generally is reacting that, okay, so you're, ha- you're, you're doing a set and you're doing fairly well, right? You're not killing, but you're like, you're doing the job, right? And this wasn't like a complete, it wasn't a silence bomb. It was sure. just like every every other joke would get something and, and then a couple things would get popped. But how do you think the majority of the audience reacts when there is like somebody heckling or being an asshole and you don't engage them in a funny manner? You don't necessarily engage them in a really mean manner, but if you kind of like bring the show to a halt, like, hey, yo, yo, ladies, ladies, like, come on, man. Can you just like shut up for the last 30 minutes of the show or go outside? Yeah. And, and then you go back to your comedy. How does, like, like, one, how detrimental to the set do you really think that is? And two, how do you think the rest of the audience sees that? Because I've always been curious about that because I've done those that. Those are hand in hand. And it feels uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. So, so there's, it's kind of a catch twenty two because I think you I think you have an audience that if they see you get action because here's the thing we're always it's an act we're we're performing an act yeah if they see you cut the act and then you're pulling the curtain behind a little bit going guys can you have some respect for me I'm doing my show and then the audience they're like I think some audiences feel like you're chastising all of us so if you just go right back into the act which I think a lot of people probably do. I think it's I think it's winnable. I think you, but I think yeah. you you probably have a stutter start where it's like it takes a little while to get back to that. But you're feeling the energy of them feeling the energy of what you just did. So you might not be able to get your groove back. In my case, I wouldn't have done that. But like I'm the type where I would have had to go. I was like, guys, stop and have to make a joke out of it to go to get everybody on my side so I can go back to my set. So yeah. I think it affects. I think it's audience by audience, but I think majority. If you just go to the chastising and go back to the joke, I would love to have done that. But I do, well, I th- I think it's worth it to just do that. I think it's worth it. I well, think it's worth it to just depending on how much time you have on stage, depending on what type of show. Because even if it's a showcase or something, and there's not like a lot of stakes, like you're just doing a showcase in New York on a you know Tuesday night, like you were, right? I think it's almost worth it for just like the rest of the show and the sake of the show is to just be like, yo, hey, you gotta shut the fuck up. Not even just me. Everybody up here is working. You know, like, we're trying to make you laugh. We're trying to bring a lot of people joy to pay money to be here. Just shut up. Or it, leave. I think it's... And then even if that kind of derails or makes the rest of your set uncomfortable, it, I, I, I feel like that sometimes in that situation when it is a showcase, it's a little bit of all of our, like, duty to... Uh, I think you're right. Because clubs ain't going to police it. No, a lot of them don't. Some of them do. A lot of them don't. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. But I do think that... You're creating an uphill battle for yourself. I think you should be prepared for that. I think I, I would love to have the confidence that somebody does that, goes back into it without even a thought of what I just said to, the, to them. I think, I, it, once again, it fits into our people pleaser motif of the podcast. Oh shit, if I'm now not only the people who are not, that are not talking are mad at me because I just chastised people that were, which is probably not happening. They just, it was a little bit of an awkward sidestep. And you probably could get them back if you went back with the same veracity that you were at. In the beginning. And, and then jokes are... That's why I'm trying to change how I do things. Because I like the idea that jokes are king and it's they all are. about me. Like a guy like Mike Yard. I told you about Mike Yard. He hosted the Comedy Cellar. He does 
don't get me wrong, he does the welcoming thing of like, hey guys, thanks for supporting live comedy. Like, it's great to see you guys. I'm, you know, but he goes right into joke and does zero crowd work. Yeah. I always like the the formula of a little bit of crowd work, but I, I but the way the audiences are now, I love the idea that he's like it's not about you. Or a guy like Kyle Kinane, who is who I've seen TikToks of him. I don't know if you know who Kyle Kinane is. Yeah. He's amazing. Everybody always mixes it up. Like we look similar. Yeah. And he's like the, I always felt like the opposite of me because I'm I'm relying on all this crowd work and he's doing all these brilliant fucking bits because he's like it's about me. I would love the confidence of it's if it's about me, with while while keeping the same uh, a it's show so atmosphere. So hard. I'm so worried, like, at all, like, like I was kind of realizing this over the weekend that I did in Pittsburgh um, for, like, the New Year's shows, is I was realizing, like, I was having really good sets, but the entire time I was, like, trying to please the audience. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's what you're supposed to do at, at some, like, level. To some but, degree, yeah. But I was, like, being hard on myself, like, in the moment on everything that didn't kind of do well yeah or like do great yeah you know like i had like such a high standard and it's like dude fucking relax like you know what i mean like some things are just not gonna laugh at it doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad joke or it's just you know sometimes it's just over people's head or sometimes or, it's just not a joke or it's not the joke that collect the collective is into at the moment 100 yeah. percent. and i think the idea of that's a good thing to get over I'll tell you one moment I had on the early show last night that I was proud of that I told you about already. Where these there's this, these young kids they're probably they, they look like they're 15 years old. Well, this is a little bit of a jerk store moment, I think. It, it oh it is. I can tell you the whole story. Yeah. What ends up happening is like we just said, my new goal is make it about me. I don't want to talk to them as much. I don't. I'm I'm good at that. In a longer set, yeah, whatever. But last night, I'm like I'm gonna go up on this. And I'm not gonna talk to them at all. And I so, the comment before me. They were going wrong. They were awful. The comedy before me played into it a hundred percent, and it was the kind of thing where you're awakening the beast. And then the minute that he, he's like, "You guys all know each What's your deal?" And they're like, "Ah, ah!" And they're like losing their minds, not laughing, losing their minds. Like this is our moment to just shout shit at the yeah. stage. And what ends up happening? Now, granted, like I get it. The comedy before me was trying to like quell, trying to like get it so he could do his act. Didn't happen. And I've been there a thousand times where I made the mistake of going, "What's your deal?" And turning, and then I, and then I hate myself for doing it because it goes back to the. Oh, even if, even if half this crowd work does well, that was not productive at all, right? So last night I made myself a thing where I was like, I'm not going to do that. I didn't talk to them. And I, to be honest, I'll be honest, like they didn't, uh, after the first couple of minutes of my set, I didn't even address them. I was looking straight forward. They were, they were to the right of the stage, uh, stage right, I guess that is. And uh, I was looking straight forward, didn't address them at all, and just kept doing joke at the joke, no crowd work, joke at the joke. And they were listening, yeah. and then a couple of them were laughing at a couple of things, but it kind of worked. They quieted down. And the, this one kid that was there in the beginning, like I said, he was the worst one. He's talking to his girlfriend the entire time loudly. This big kid, probably 22 years old, right? Three minutes in my set, he gets up to go out to the, the bar. So either he didn't like it or he's going to get drinks. I didn't care. I just ignored it. I just kept going. He goes outside. I finished my set. It was mediocre. I got left. The last bit actually killed. Yeah. And I was like, great, there we go. They did it, guys. Thanks. I'm walking out. I saw the kid. I wasn't going to say anything. But I was furious at it. Like, of course, we always hate him. Yeah. And you walk out, and the kid goes, how's your night going? I go, not too good, man. Your friends, won't, you and your friends won't shut the fuck up. And huh. he was like, and he goes, uh, he goes, I wasn't even in there. I go, you weren't, I, I, I actually got into like, uh, the kid was bigger than me. The kid was younger than me and bigger than me. Uh, but I, was, I turned around, I go, you weren't in there? You weren't, I didn't see you in there? 
I did like I, I had my, like my my Goodfellas moment. Like, what are you st- gonna steal it? Like, I, yeah. I went like a little bit. I was like, are you serious? You weren't in there. He goes, I, I left your set right when you got up. I'm like, no, you didn't. You were in there. I saw you. I'm like, fuck you. And you I just did walked. turn. You did just turn into a mafia henchman in the yeah. 1930s. I was, dude. I was. You like, went in there. I was ready. I did it. I realized the way I turned around and went back at him was like, come at me. I'll fuck you. It was like. I was ready to get my ass kissed, uh, kissed basically. Nice, dude. Get that ass kissed, baby. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I was glad that was my people. That was my uh, jerk star moment of being like, nah, screw you. Because also, I felt I was not happy with how the set went overall, but I was happy that I didn't address him and his friends. And the fact that he said it, I was more like, screw you. I did what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. a personal victory for me. So you're not gonna lie to me and tell me you weren't in the room being loud. You were talking. He was talking like full volume. It was crazy. I hate that shit. Dude, I, th- I think once I get this uh, GERD stuff figured out, I'm going to fight this year. I'm going to fight somebody. I kind of, dude, I told you, I'm staying at Megan's for the month. There's a boxing school on the way to the comedy cell. It's fortunate to join, but I'm like, I kind of want to go back to like UFC class. Not to actually fight, but just to get that aggression out. I just want to fight. Some- I-, I was watching um, the movie Mission Impossible 6. Uh, the newest one? Fall up. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I kind of want to fight somebody in a bathroom. That's a great scene. That's that's ins- That's Henry Cavill too. Right? Henry Isn't Cavill it? and Tom Cruise are fighting that Asian dude. I kind of want to fight somebody in a bathroom like that really bad. It's once I feel better because right now I feel like somebody would catch me slipping because my stomach and chest hurt. But dude, once I get this fucking gird under control. If anybody is sharing a bathroom with me, just be ready to catch some hey, hands, bro. Hey, guys, if you want to kick, kick Ray's ass right now, just force feed him some jalapeno <laughs> Yeah, dude, just squeeze a little jalapeno juice in my water. You want to see him drop to his yeah. knees? <laughs> just, get him, just spray him with some orange juice. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to get it under control. I'm getting yeah, so done, and then I'm going to be fucking fighting in every bathroom in New York City. <laughs> yeah, just purposely. They're going to start They're gonna start putting signs on New York City bathrooms, no fighting. So I'm going to just start. That's how much you're going to fight. I'm just fucking, yeah, I'm just going to brawl. You're going to rule, dude. That movie was awesome. That movie was, I just watched it. Was your first time? Oh, was your first time? Yeah. It's awesome, that movie. Yeah. I love Tom Cruise. I saw a couple movies. We have to talk about it next week because we got to wrap up. Yeah. But guys, how glad are we to be back? So glad to be back, man. I miss, I hugged you yesterday. You did, and it's so funny because I didn't even, like I I was like, so excited to see you, but I think we have that thing where that's not that's not my go to. No, so I was happy when you were like, "Hey, it's good to see you." Well, I talked to you for a minute, and then I was like, "Oh, by the way, dude, I haven't seen you in like a month." <laughs> it was like a it was like a guy delay thing. Of yeah. Like, oh, we can we can do this. It's like I had to assess how gay it was gonna be. <laughs> Like, all right, we can hug here. We can hug. Sure, yeah. We can hug. Uh, we're so excited to be back, guys. You know what to do. It's the brand new jerks. What you do is you can subscribe on wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can email us at brandnewjerks at gmail.com. And follow us on YouTube. That's the big one. Uh, Brett, just search brand new jerks on YouTube. Clips will come up. You have more coming through. Uh, also, uh, follow us on Instagram. We got We've been posting about, uh, we, I mean, you'll see about like two to three clips a week on Instagram from us. But it's really the YouTube where we put a lot more of the of the reels and that type of thing where you get to see us cutting up live and um, our pretty little faces. But uh, yeah, the and uh, soon I know I promised this a million times, but soon we are gonna you're gonna be able to watch us do some full episodes. Yes, that's coming very soon. I can't wait. And I am on Instagram at Shawnee Time and Ray is at Ray B Killing Them. 
And uh, yeah, I will see you next week, right? See you next week. Let's uh, let's go to let's go to Philadelphia. Let's let's go to Phil the city of brotherly love. And uh, we're doing some Pennsylvania dates in the next couple of weeks. So yes, come out to that. we're gonna be at uh, two different wisecrackers the weekend of the twenty first and then the twenty eighth. Mohegan Sun the twenty first and then the twenty eighth will be. Uh, uh, State College PA, which I think is a celebration. I don't know if they switched it, but go to Wisecrackers and you can see both me and Ray. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week.